Thank you so much, Zach and Austin and the team. I'm just, we're just spoiled rotten around here. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you so much. Pastor Tripp, there you are. Man, I just want to tell you, um, it's almost unheard of for a church to have a student pastor for seven years these days. I mean, you just, the average length of student pastor to church in America today is less than three years. And uh, the legacy you have left here will be here for decades. And your fingerprints are all over the ministry of this church. I will forever be grateful uh, for the man you are, for the leader you are, uh, for the friend that you've been to me, to the staff, and to this church. Our community is better because of you. And I'm just so grateful. Uh, I, know that, uh, I know that our church wants to tell you all that, and we'll get to that today. But for now, let's, let's have a little Jesus time. What do you say? But, buddy, I do love you. I'm so grateful for you. You ever had a season in your life where you just felt like everything you touched just went wrong? You ever had that? You ever had one of those stretches where it's just like, just nothing seems to go your way? And you just kind of hit that stage where just a heck with it. I mean, God, I'm just sick of this. I've had all this I want. I think we've all been there. I mean, my goodness, I've talked to plenty of you that are there right now. But I've learned that everybody's got junk. I mean, you might be worth $20 million, but I guarantee you, you got junk in your life. You might be here and you couldn't put two pennies together today and you got junk in your life. From the outside, some of y'all look like the perfect little Christian family. And on the way here, you fought like cats and dogs. And some of y'all look like the biggest mess on the planet. And yet God's doing his best and brightest work inside of you. Some of y'all are mad at the government and some of y'all are mad at education and we're all mad that it's going to be tax time soon. Some of y'all are upset because you're not as pretty as you think you should be or as good looking as you thought you were. Some of you aren't what you weren't one day, but you wish you could be. Some of you married somebody and they became somebody that they weren't when you said, I do. Some of you promised when you had children, they'd never be that kid and yet they are. Some of y'all, your parents said they never raised that kid and you were and still are. Have you ever noticed that you don't like things that are bitter, you like things that are fresh? I mean, even when we put bitter stuff together, we like to put sugar in it. I mean, we're from the South. I mean, we, somehow we took the concept of iced tea and turned it into syrup. Because bitter stuff's not what we like. We like stuff that's sweet and fresh. I mean, none of y'all want to open up a stale donut, do you? I mean, you want the hot sign flashing. I mean, warm where you don't even chew the first seven. They just go down. 
You know, when you go eat a burger, but you're hungry and you're starving, you're on the road and you go through Wendy's and what you really want is a double cheeseburger with everything on it, with a little extra cheese and you get it and you bite into it. And it's just like, I don't know, styrofoam men a bucket. And you thought, I just didn't get it done. You know what I'm talking about? Or you go and you order a Coke and it's flat. Or you go to pay your bills and there's not enough left and the money is better. You get the call from the school about your kid and it's just better. Or people keep reminding of your past and it's just better. You keep thinking, why do I keep making these mistakes? It's just better. Why can't I not forgive them and get over it? It's just better. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is a tiny little story that many of you may not have ever heard about, but it fits perfectly with this theme of being Jesus being with us, God in the flesh, showing up in our world to do something special in our life. And what I love most about this is that somehow, some way, God does that at a deeply personal level. You're one of, I don't know, 800 or so folks in this room by the number of chairs we set out. And you think, well, Well, Jesus does this collective work because we come to church together, right? No, 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 no. Listen, Jesus is still doing individual work with you right now. I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know what it is in your life that's better. Maybe everything's fresh today, but I just can assure you the scriptures teach us that we're not much like, unlike the people of Israel of the whole Old Testament story. Throughout the Old Testament from Adam and Eve all the way to John the Baptist, you know what the story is? That the people of Israel wander away from God and find themselves in a mess. And when they realize that they're in a mess, it's like, oh God, we're so sorry. Would you show up and fix it again? And he does. And then after a little while, they think we got this thing figured out. All of a sudden they wander away from God again. And then they realize they're in a mess. And it's, oh God, would you fix it? It's 2021 and we're still wandering. And then we come back to God and say, oh God, would you fix it? Does that ring a bell with anybody? Let me try that again. Does that ring a bell with anybody? Yeah. So the, the people of Israel have gone through the Exodus, all the plagues, and they're still going. And, and God uses Moses to lead them out of Egypt. And now they're at the Red Sea. And Pharaoh and his army are right behind them. And you can still see on the movie with Moses holding that rod and the staff. And he's holding there. And, and God shows up. And he protects the people of Israel. And he parts the Red Sea and they walk across on a dry riverbed, as dry as this carpet. And and most scholars would say about 2 million plus of them walked across the Red Sea. So we're not talking about just a little storm that came up. We're talking about parted the sea. And about 2 million Israelites walk across And Pharaoh and the army go running across with their chariots, headed into that dry bed. 
And God, when he gets all those Israelites out, says, I've had enough of that. Those are my people. Stop messing with my people. And he closes the waters in and they're gone. Can you imagine being one of the people of Israel at that moment? I mean, looking back and seeing all the bitterness in your life and all the hatred in your life and all the things that have been done to you all through life and you see it gone. And you know there's only one way that happens through the hand of the living God that says, I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. And if you'll follow me, I will protect you and I will guard you and I am your God forever. They had to look back. Can you imagine the shout from those people? We have been delivered. We have been brought out of every tyranny known to man. And then Moses and those people keep walking. Oh my goodness, they walk for about three weeks. And they're walking in the desert and they have nothing to drink for almost three solid weeks. And we come to Exodus chapter 15, beginning in verse 22. And we find this little story about bitterness and sweetness. Now, let me remind you again that the Israelites, just three weeks, just 21 days prior to this story, not only had walked out of Egypt, but walked across a dry bottom of a sea. They saw the walls of water crash down and eliminate their enemy. They saw the hand of God right up close. But now they're thirsty. And in verse 22 in Exodus chapter 15, it says, Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. I find that humorous that they went into a place called Shur. Are y'all one of those people that always when somebody says Shur, you want to get a definition for like when Jenny and I first got married, her favorite answer to anything was sure. But I, the way she said it, I, I didn't know what sure she meant. Like, you know, sometimes you have to stop and say, is that sure like sure? Or is that sure like sure? Or is it like, man, yeah, sure. I mean, sure can mean a lot of things, right? So I think it's interesting that clearly God was taking them into a place where they should have been sure. Now, Dr. Atkinson, I know that you know better than these things because you are now highly educated. But it says, they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Merah, they could not drink the water of Merah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Merah. If you're named Merah, I'm so sorry. Because right now, your spouse is saying, this is why you're so bitter, honey. but there's good news coming. Now, I think this is interesting here because it says they got to the water, but they couldn't drink it because it was bitter. And then in verse 24 says, and the people grumbled against Moses saying, what shall we drink? I mean, three days without anything to drink, three, three weeks past the time that they were in the Red Sea and they're already griping and complaining again. Y'all never do that, do you? 
I mean, y'all never gripe and complain about anything, do you? I mean, do, I mean, you go through life and you just see, like you look at social media and some of those posts and you just think, well, just bless the Lord. I've seen how some of y'all respond to those social media posts. You're not saying, well, just bless the Lord because you're ticked off. I mean, you, you don't even have to read between the lines. You just go ahead and throw it out there. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? I mean, and then we get angry with one another and then we get angry with our spouse and then we take it out on our kids and then we take it out where we work and then we grumble inside and within us, we find this overwhelming sense that life's just not good. And then you have these regrets. Or why did I show my backside like that? And why did I do this? And, and then before you know it, you're like, oh my stars, my life is just, what a mess. They'd already forgotten that God had brought them through the plagues, out of slavery, protected them at night by fire and clouds, walked them across an ocean, walked them into freedom, took them from death to life, and now they're thirsty. I mean, they're just thirsty. And they got on Facebook Israel and said, Moses, could you not make the right call to save your life? We're dying here. It's fourth and nine and you want to go for it? And the people grumbled against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. Is that the most nonsensical thing you've ever heard in your life? I mean, a chunk of wood. I, now, I don't know about you, but how many of you are parents in here? Any, any parent? Keep your hands up. For how many of your parents? All right, all right. Keep them up now. Leave them up for a second. How many? How many of you say that sometime in the last month your children have grumbled about something? Just leave your hand up. I think I got more hands. We got parents here that ain't parents, and they know their kids are gonna grumble about it. That's what we do with God. Aren't we there yet? I'm so hungry. I'm hangry. She's picking on me. Make him stop. I mean, somehow we're still all seven years old. God, how come we don't have money? God, how come I can't get the kid what he wants for Christmas? Why is my boss so mean to me? Why are they not sweet on Facebook? So Moses does what the scriptures are clearly telling us to do. He cries out to God. It's like, God, my folks are thirsty. They're dying. They've seen your hand at work before, but somehow they already forgot, God. I'm just crying out to you. What am I going to do with this? I don't, what do I do? And right in front of him, the Lord shows him a chunk of wood. 
which clearly, unless you're speaking God talk, is just a chunk of wood. But like if, if, if God's in the midst of the talk, it's always more than just a chunk of wood. Are you with me? So, so Moses do what, what God instructs and he takes this chunk of tree, this log, and he hurls it into the lake. And the, and the Bible says, and the water became sweet. It goes on, it says, there the Lord made for them a statute and a rule. And there he tested them saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians for I am the Lord your healer. Last week, I introduced you to Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. Today, I want to introduce you to Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is a God that is dying to heal you. And take what is bitter in your life and make it sweet. And you say, Chuck, this book right here that you just read has nothing to do with me in December 2021 because that's an ancient story dealing with ancient people with an invisible God that I cannot see. And I would say to you, oh, you're totally right. This is about an ancient people and an invisible God, but you're wrong when it comes to it has nothing to do with you because that same God that healed their bitterness longs to heal yours today because Jehovah Rapha is still in the healing business and wants to heal you and your heart today. Now you might say, well, Chuck, my healing's all up here. Well, welcome to my world. I can be an emotional basket case, can't you? I have moments when I, I literally, I just break down, I cry. I, don't, I, I have no logic behind it whatsoever. I mean, there are times when I think I am the biggest sissy on the planet. I mean, I can literally be riding down the road and God just move my heart and I'll just cry about something. I mean, that's just, that's the most unmanly thing I know to admit. But if it means that I'm walking with God, I'll cry all I want to. Jehovah Rapha wants to heal you emotionally and mentally. Jehovah Rapha wants to heal you physically. Are you saying, Chuck, do you believe that God still heals? I believe all healings from God. He might use doctors and nurses. He might use medication. He might use surgery. He might use chemo. But he's the one doing the healing. Because the scriptures tell me that all healing comes from on high. That he is the great physician. That Jehovah Rapha is the God who heals. I don't know what you need healed today because some of you, before you even get to the mental and the emotional and the physical, we got to deal with some spiritual healing. Because some of us are dealing with heartache and grief and sorrow that we have refused to let go of. And it's identifying who we are. I'm an addict, Chuck. I'm a cheater, Chuck. I'm a thief, Chuck. I'm a runaway, Chuck. I'm no good, Chuck. Nobody wants me, Chuck. I'm not good enough for a God or anybody. And all the while, 
Jehovah Rapha says, no, 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 come to me. In the lake of your life, I got a piece of wood that I threw in that changed time forever called the old rugged cross. And he threw that piece of wood into your life where Jesus spread out on that, on that old rugged cross and let his blood be shed and his life be taken, buried as dead as dead could be, stayed in that hole for three days. That rock big enough over that hole that no man could move. But on the morning of Easter, Jesus arose. Arise, my love. Arise, my love. And Jesus got up and he shook those burial garments off. Can't you imagine what it must have been like in that tomb? (laughs) Walked up and there's that rock. And the Lord Jesus, like a goosebump on his little finger, went, and that rock blew away. And he walked out and conquered death and conquered sin and conquered bitterness, but he did it for you. He did it for you. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, walked out of that grave by way of a cross, a piece, a lump of wood. Not a beautiful piece of jewelry a tool for execution. You say, well, Chuck, I don't think, I don't even think Jehovah Rapha, I I don't even think he can heal me. I'm a mess. Oh yeah, he can. Yeah, he can. The same God that took bitter water and made it sweet is the same God that'll take a bitter life and a bitter past and a bitter attitude and a bitter spirit and make it sweet through the presence of Jesus the Lord. But he's not going to force that on you. You've still got to walk to the water and drink. Can you imagine how frightened those people were? I mean, Moses out there, I mean, the same guy that hit the staff and the water parted. The same guy that went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. The same guy now takes a tree trunk and throws it into bitter, polluted water. And the people are like, I'm not sure I want to drink that. That, Do you see the first guy that drank that? I mean, he threw his grudge up. I ain't doing it. No. And then some bold soul who was dying of thirst thought to himself, "I, I, I can trust that guy. I've seen God work. I can trust that guy. I can trust that message. So he gets down on his knees in the mud around his knees and he cups his hand and he dips down in that water and he looks at it and there's no film on it anymore. There's no foul smell to it anymore. He just sticks his tongue in it and he's like, it doesn't, doesn't seem sour and bitter. So he takes it and splashes it on his face and he thinks, ooh, that's, goodness, that's Evian right there. I mean, wait, if that was sparkling, that'd be Perrier. And he cupped his hands and rent down in it and he drank it. 
And then he drank some more and drank some more. And can you imagine he stood up and you got water dripping off his beard. And he says, people come and drink, it's so good. And people flock into the water as they reach down and stick their hands in the water. And some of them just stuck their face down in the water and started drinking. And some of them jumped in it. And all the while, the water continued. You know what Jesus said? That he would come inside of you and he would well up like a spring of fresh water within your soul. And friend, listen, many of you need to come to the well and drink today because you think the water is bitter. Well, Chuck, I went to one church and they did this and they said that. I listened to one preacher and he did this and he did that. And you know what? Uh, I'm not going to church anymore because they're all a bunch of hypocrites. And well, of course we are. Just look around at the people around you. I mean, they're hypocrites everywhere. You say, well, Chuck, I've been going to church 50 years. I ain't going to have some preacher tell me I'm a hypocrite. Well, then let me be the first to tell you, you're a hypocrite. Because if you think you're perfect, you need to come drink from the well. If you're like me, man, emotionally, you just need God to do a little healing in your life. You need to come drink from Jesus' water. You're here today, you need some physical healing. You need to come drink from Jesus' water. You're here today, you need forgiveness from your past. You need to come drink from Jesus' water piece of wood that he throws into your lake was where he gave his life that you might have life. So when we think about Jesus being with us, the question I've got for you is this. Do you think he wants to do business with you today? Or is this just an accident that you happen to show up at Sugar Hill Church or watch online and some knucklehead preacher that's as whacked out as you are, picked some passage out of Exodus and made it about 2021. And you say, Chuck, that's me. I need my bitter life to turn sweet. And the one thing that I can count on is Jesus, even though I may never have before. You say, well, Chuck, do you really believe that the same God that told Moses to throw the tree in the water is the same God that says, trust me. Listen to me, friend. According to God, not me, a God who cannot and will not lie, said, if you'll call on the name of the Lord, he will hear you and he will answer you. And he will take your bitter heart, your bitter soul, your bitter past, your bitter present, and turn it sweet. It's not going to be perfect, but I promise you, man, they ain't nothing like drinking sweet water. But you got to believe he came to be with us, to be with you today. So here's the offer that Jesus has for you today. Jesus, come unto me and bring me all your junk. Bring me your bitterness. Bring me your attitude. Bring me your depression. Bring me your anxiety. Bring me your stress. Bring me your kids. Bring me your spouse. Bring me your marriage. Bring me your parents. Bring me your money. Bring me, just bring whatever you've got and let me give you rest. I got up this morning and I said, praying for one of my daughters. I got six daughters, fellas. Think, think about that. Six daughters. 
I got one of them living so far off the reservation when it comes to following Jesus, I just beg God to bring her back. I just beg God to bring her back. I know she's saved, but she's living like hell. I'm just begging God to bring her back. begging God to do that. In one of these days, she's going to come to the water and she's going to drink fresh water. Right now, some of you need to drink some fresh water. Right now, some of you need to cup your hands and step up to the living water of Jesus because he has come to be with us. So would you look at me as I wrap this up? If today you say, Pastor Chuck, man, I don't understand it all. And maybe I thought I was saved. Maybe I thought I've got it right, but I want to nail it down. I don't want to walk out of this room without drinking the fresh water of Jesus. So what do I do? And the answer is you call on the name of the Lord. And you say, well, Chuck, man, it's preacher talk. I have no idea what that is. You call on the name of the Lord, this simply, Jesus, I got bitterness in my heart, in my soul, and my mind, and I need your fresh water. Forgive me. Come live inside me. Make me new. Give me fresh water. I want to thank you. You died for me. That chunk of wood you threw into my life was an old rugged cross. You died for me. You shed your blood for me. You were buried for me. You rose from the dead for me. And you're in heaven praying for me right now. So Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Just like that sweet girl got baptized today. You know what she told me in the back room? Same story that I heard in that video. I wanted to know that what Jesus was real in my life. My friend, listen, she couldn't even get through a video without crying the whole time, thinking Jesus is real in my life. What about you? So if today you want to say, I want Jesus to become real in my life right now. Man, I just can't stand that preacher talking, heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. Jesus didn't do that mess. Jesus said, come unto me. And you know what happened? People came to him. So I'm going to speak to three kind of people right now. If right now you want to do business with Jesus, say, right now I'm going to take Jesus. I'm all in. I want Jesus right now. Just stand up. All it takes is one or two. Stand up. Other people follow you. Just stand up. I want Jesus right now. Amen. Amen. Who else? Amen. Amen. Who else? Keep standing. Keep standing. Who else? Who else? I'm all in. I'm all in with Jesus. Keep standing. Amen. Who else? Who else? Keep standing. Who else? Keep standing. Keep standing. Y'all keep standing. Amen. Amen. Keep standing. Don't sit down. Keep standing. Keep standing. I want to talk to a second group right now. You've been coming to church since Noah got off the boat. And you haven't done a blessed thing in the kingdom of God in forever, but you know Jesus has called you to drink some fresh water today. And you want to stand for Jesus like you've never stood for him before. Man, this one takes guts. 
You stand up right now. Come on. Who's all in? Amen. 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 That's right. That's right. Keep standing. I want to talk to a third person right now. Right now, you need the... You need Jehovah Rapha, the God of all healing, to step into your life and do something specifically, mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually that only he can do. You stand right now. Come on, this one's courageous. Amen. 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 That's right. That's right. Because he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that these folks who said today, I want to drink fresh water. You would bless them and shower them with your love. Overwhelm them with your goodness. For folks who said, I'm all in, give them the courage to follow you and to serve you this week. And for those that said, I need Jehovah Rapha to heal in my life. Show up so physically, so tangibly that they feel you and know you when you push them to go left or right or straight or backward. They would feel your healing touch reach down deep in their soul and overwhelm them with your goodness. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus, our healer, our king, our savior, and our Lord. Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, let's sing a minute. Come on, church. Holy, holy, Come on, church. Worship him. Worship him, church. God Come on. Worthy, worthy, Come on, wake the Presbyterians up. Come on. Sugar Hill Church and you're just wondering is that pastor that crazy doggone it I am I'm so crazy mad about believing Jesus for who he is and what he says he is that I want to take him at his word at every single moment of my breath 
And church, I don't want to play church anymore. I don't want to act like church anymore. I don't want to be like every church anymore. I don't want to be like some other church anywhere. I don't want to be a big church. I don't want to be a small church. I just want to be a Jesus church. Are you with me? Pastor Tripp, come on over here. I ain't going to stand or I feel like I'm going to fall over. I want to tell you, buddy, how does somebody like you get somebody like her? We still don't know. I mean, that's fascinating to me. From the minute I met Courtney, I thought, well, I'll take him, but I'd much rather have her. And uh, if y'all know Courtney, what you know about her is that she is, uh, she's sincere. She's heartfelt. She's, uh, she's the real deal. And when I stop and think about what she puts up with, that's just fascinating to me. But I say that not, I don't, I don't say that in anything other than, I don't know a human on the planet that works harder than Trip Atkinson does. I've worked with a lot of people and I've done ministry side by side with a lot of people but I have never worked with somebody that had a better work ethic, had greater integrity, had more decency and honesty about trying to do the right thing at the right time for the right reason than Trip Atkinson in my life. And this church, this church will forever be changed for so much better because of y'all so much better trip can be the uh, trip can be the most aggravating human to work with as well I mean that's the absolute truth we have gone at it toe to toe and I love him for it I'd hate to work with somebody who didn't have a kind of passion I got I love the fact that you're fired up about stuff I love the fact that when you got here, it was a disaster and you didn't blink. You just kept going after it. I'm grateful that after the mess I handed you, it didn't take long before this thing was humming. But the one thing I asked Tripp when he got here was this, and it's the same thing I ask every staff member is, the one thing that you offer this church and this community is that you're growing in Christ every day. That guy is living proof of what happens when you grow in Christ every day. And I'm so grateful for that. So we're gonna chat in a minute, but there's a video that uh, a few folks wanted to share a few thoughts about you. Go ahead and roll it, fellas. Trip, you drew the short straw by um, me being the one that gets to speak on behalf of our community. But know how privileged I am and uh, grateful for the opportunity. Just to really let you know how much you've meant, um, not only to Lanier High School, the Lanier Cluster, and the Sugar Hill community in general. Um, I've never known anyone to have a need that you haven't been able to step up and meet. 
whether that's our, our student athletes, whether that's families, whether that's somebody, you know, at the school who may just have found themselves kind of in a tight spot, um, whether that's other schools. Uh, you know, I just, I'm truly grateful for just your presence. You, you've been at everything. You know, often I think people think you're the uh, athletic director because you're at uh, more things than I am. <laughs> but I hope you know how much that's meant to people and just your ability to have relationships. And, um, you know, I think about what that's done, you know, for the long term. I know, you know, we're so excited that you're moving on to this next step, um, next phase of your life that we're super excited for. But I hope you know just the lasting impact that you're going to have on the families of, of this community. And just, you know, what you've done to advance, you know, God's kingdom. Uh, and often, especially in my role, you know, students who may not have ever had an experience um, in a church setting or with a church leader. And so I'm so grateful that their first experience um, was with you. Amen. Because I think it's opened up that door that now they're, uh, they're open to that. Um, and so I'm just, again, grateful and we wish you the best. And... Uh, Again, thanks for all that you've done. We're Jeff and Christine Adams, and we lead the college ministry here at Sugar Hill Church. We've been part of the church since 2001 and had the privilege of working alongside Trip for the past seven years he's been here. Uh, Trip is an amazing person that we have thoroughly enjoyed getting to work with uh, and to get to know over these past seven years. Trip came at a time when uh, our, our church desperately needed it. Our youth program had been hurting. We had had a lot of turnover and he came in and really just set a new foundation and had a curriculum called Grounded for Life that he implemented here at the church and it took the students through a uh, a series of different topics that would help prepare them for their future and, and life after high school. Not only have we had the privilege of serving um, under Tripp's leadership, but we've also been blessed to get to know him on a more personal level and have a great friendship with him and Courtney. And um, He has really been there for us during some trying times of our own in our walk as parents. We had two of our children get married last year within six weeks of each other and he was able to perform the wedding ceremony for both of them and that was very special to have him be a part of um, those two events and i'd also like to just say to courtney i'm so thankful for you i'm thankful for your friendship and as they say behind every great man is a great woman and uh, i know that Trip could not do all that he does for our community, for our schools, for our local athletic programs. Um, he couldn't do that without your support. We wish you all the best. We, we love, love you guys. guys. Trip, my friend, it's been an incredible seven years being able to serve alongside you. You've made a huge impact, not just in our community and not just to the families that you've ministered to, but to those that you've ministered with. I know I don't just speak for myself when I say I've gotten to see firsthand and experience firsthand how you have invested in and served and loved so well. Your passion for helping people discover and live God's best for their life 
um, it rubs off on those that you serve with, not just those that you're ministering to, um, but you're literally ministering to those that you're ministering with, my friend. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. You've made a huge impact here at Sugar Hill Church and your fingerprints um, in the way that you've served, the, the systems that you've helped create and, and just the, the mentality of serving with excellence and all of these things you, you've helped reinforce here in our church. Those fingerprints are gonna last um, long after you've stepped into this new opportunity at the mill. Um, your impact remains and, and your legacy remains. And for that, I'm grateful and I know our team is grateful and our church and our people are grateful as well. So as you and Courtney and, and Kaysen and Cole and Hadley make this transition, know that you are deeply loved, that we are incredibly grateful and honored to have been able to walk with you during this season that the Lord had you here, but we're also excited to see what he has for you next. We're gonna miss you, um, but you know, anytime that you're back here, it's always gonna be a welcome home and we can't wait to see you whenever you are able to come back. But we cannot wait to see what the Lord does 